This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Head back to the phones at 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to Christian in the Big Apple. Christian, you are next on 98.7. What's going on, Larry? How you doing? I'm doing great, Christian. What's up? Uh, I want to talk about the Knicks, man. I, I'm first time, long time listening. First, I couldn't take it no more. These callers <laughs> attacking Julius Randle, how he needs to be traded. I don't understand how everybody's so focused on the offseason when you still got a seven-game series here against Miami. And did everybody forget that Randle averaged 25-10-5, one of maybe four players to do it this year, all-NBA player. He's playing injured. I don't understand that nobody wants to talk about Grimes and quickly. The second man for the six-man year award is doing absolutely nothing. Can't hit a jump shot. So I don't understand how everybody's attacking Randle, Randle, Randle. Last time I checked, this is a team sport. Like, I don't, I just don't, I don't get it. Well, Christian, I can explain it to you. And thanks for the phone call. And you are not wrong. The Knicks failure, listen, when you shoot whatever it was, six of 375, um, that's everybody. That's not just one player. But Christian, you will agree. And look, we've chronicled it. Uh, Quickly has not done well. Grimes has not recovered from his injury. Apparently he's still struggling. Uh, There's been a number of players who have not played well. But you will agree that because of Julius Randle's talent, more is expected of him with this team. More is expected of him as a shooter, as a player. More is expected of Jalen Brunson as a starter because of his talent. More is expected of those players. So with this team, uh, Julius Randle over the past couple of seasons has become the identity and become the poster boy for failure with this franchise. Just the way it is. Is it unfair to him? Not totally. Some of it he brought on themselves with the thumbs down thing of last season. But listen, he's played well this year. There's no question about it. You gave the stats. He's had a tremendous regular season. But once again, when it comes to the postseason, everybody is being reevaluated. It's a different season. And so... And it's not over with. He's play, He hasn't played poorly. But the question has become, okay, when when does he have his signature playoff game? I think, and that's kind of what you're hearing, some frustration from the fans. Uh, here's the bottom line. You're right. You would not be in this situation without Julius Randle being here. You wouldn't. He's not the perfect player. The perfect player does not exist in the NBA. They all have flaws. They all have certain weaknesses that coaches can try to take advantage of. All of them. All of them do. But in this situation, when you're talking about the thing with Julius Randle, you were looking for, and not just him, you're looking for R.J. Barry, looking for somebody to help save this team. And the question becomes, if Miami does the same thing that they did defensively, and they will, why should they change? Okay? Um, Who's going to be the one that's going to be able to get them out of this and pull them through if the situation remains the same? Now, when you break it down and you look at it, and, and once again, as I tell you, I'll get to the calls in a second, I have the, the great fortune and been blessed to have been interacted and conversate and talked to a number of different people over my years in sports. And I love having these conversations with coaches and scouts and former players and so on and so forth. And so one of my good friends uh, texted me today and said, it's not only the, the fact that Brunson's being double teamed, it's the timing of it. 
Okay, and, and we and we've talked so much about um we've talked so much about timing and the importance of it and how things go a certain way and how things go that way. And so it's not only that they're being double teamed. It's the timing of when that double team hits. So what has happened, and this goes back to what Artie was talking about a little bit before, before the up the, the update. And he talked about Tibbs and being kind of, you know, kind of set in his ways offensively. And, in a way, he is. There are some things that, you know, there's no question. He is really a defensive guy. He's not really an offensive guy. But that doesn't take him off the hook because he's got coaches. Okay? So the the offense has kind of become predictable. And even though you see Tibbs waving, like, push the basketball, push the basketball, push the basketball, um, sometimes they don't. And so by dribbling, <laughs> the old adage is you move – the ball moves faster passing than dribbling, okay? So by dribbling, you allow your defense to move with you. Whereas if you pass the ball and moved it faster through the pass, even ISO players pass. So if you move the ball through the pass, then you would be the double team wouldn't get there quick enough. And so that's some of the things that have to happen. That's some of the adjustments that you have to do. The offense has got to be quicker. And it's the same thing we've talked about. We've talked about them pushing the pace having more pace, having better tempo, having quicker tempo. And that's some of the things that has to change in this team. Now, you're not going to change the team. The team is what the team is right now. You have to the only way you can change it is in the offseason. This is what you're this is what you have. But hopefully your front office is looking at this experience, okay? And they're saying, "Hey, you know what? These are the things that we have to upgrade now." We have to change for us to be successful as we continue to improve this team. Gustavo's in West Orange. What's up, Gustavo? You know, Larry, thanks again for having me and sharing my thoughts. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm so, so disappointed, of course, as a fan. However, uh, this has helped me out to, to understand this. I was looking at some of the stats, and certainly, you know, we still out-rebounded the heat. Uh, but I'm looking and, you know, the scrappy play, you know, the, the, the diving for the balls, like you mentioned before, the, the, the boxing out underneath the basket. I mean, it, it looked like yesterday, quite frankly, the Heat wanted way much more than the Knicks wanted. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I mean, they're professionals. I'm sure that they, they realize that and they know that. Uh, we're still – I want to ask everybody, you know, in the playoffs, Shooting, it's it's always a problem. I mean, in order for you to to score, I mean, you're really going to have to work your butt off because otherwise it's not going to happen. They're not going to give you the space that you require. And, and the heat, every time that I'm seeing them, if we don't push the ball, like we really have to push the ball and trust the pass, which I understand that, we're giving them, you know, options to, you know, close the lanes but still, I think that uh, – I don't know if, if who was, but one said that, hey, listen, if my game is not coming out of my shooting, I have to find ways to score. Maybe go through the lane and, and, and trying to get some fouls, and they put me on the line and, you know, get the, the other team in foul trouble. But, you know, for us or for many people to think that, oh, you know what, we're going to set up shooters on the three-point line and we're going to score, that's not going to happen in the playoffs. 
It's as simple as that. And and the other thing, I totally agree with the other uh, person who spoke before me that everybody go, is going after Randall. Absolutely, we wouldn't be in this situation without him. So, yes, I, I don't like it when he dribbles too much, when he, you know, sometimes he leaves his feet to pass the ball and he, you know, is prone to make turnovers. But I tell you what, he's been a beast underneath the boards, you know, even, you know, both offensively and defensively. And, yeah, yesterday he had an off day. Uh, but, you know, and Brunson, you know, it still hasn't figured out, you know, when to, you know, break the double team and when to push and when not to push. I trust these guys. I think that the team, and, and maybe you can tell me better, individual by individual, okay, I think that the Knicks have a better team. Now, are we smarter than the Heat? It remains to be seen. Because sometimes, you know, I think that I'm seeing the best of the Lakers era playing against us. So I still think that this was, at the beginning, a seven-game series, and it will be a seven-game series. Tomorrow is a must-win. So is the next game and so forth if we really, really want to, you know, be in the finals of, of the conference. So, uh, but I'm not throwing the towel yet. I mean, it's too it's too easy to do that. And I think that, yeah, we got to go back to the 90s, you know, where the team that we had, they really, really grind and look for scoring, you know, in different ways and not just hoping that Patrick Ewan or John Starks, you know, would save our day by shooting threes from, from the downtown. So thank you for having me again, and uh, I listen to you, Larry. All right, Gustavo, thanks for the phone call. It, it's It's... It's a little different era. Uh, it's a little different era than it was in the 90s. I hear what you're saying. Uh, it's more up-tempo. Even in the postseason, uh, the scoring is higher. I mean, you would see 90, what, maybe 100 game, 100 win, 100 points in a game, rarely. I mean, the Knicks would hold their team. I mean, they'd be like 90, 88, 90, 87, 92, 80, 92, 90, something of that nature. So there's more scoring in the playoffs. Now, even in the playoffs, Gustavo, there's more scoring. So it's, it's harder. Uh, what you're saying is true. There's more reliance on the three. There's better shooters. And the three has become much more of the part of the game. So while um, I hear what you're saying about, yeah, it is tougher to shoot in the postseason. Absolutely. Um, but nevertheless, uh, the Knicks have to, if you're going to take all those threes, you better hit them. It's plain and simple. And that's what they're giving you. So you have to make that adjustment. Yeah, it comes to pushing the basketball a little bit. Yeah, it comes to doing some other things that they can do. There's no question about it. Is Julius Randle the only player playing badly for this team? No, absolutely not. There are other players playing badly. There are other players not not giving you anything on offense or defense. Okay? So all that has got to be figured out. They got to figure it out for one game. They got to, They need this game tomorrow. That's the only thing on their mind right now. You're right. I, I thought it was going to go seven. I thought the Knicks were going to win in seven. I still do. But it's it's... When you analyze these games, Gustavo, it's not that they lost in a lot of ways. It's how they lost. And they lost not doing what they do. Are they a great offensive team? Absolutely not. They aren't. So what makes them look so much better is multiple chances off the offensive boards. And that's what, smartly, the thing you should do, Miami took away from them by keeping them out of the paint, by forcing them to shoot threes, which are usually long rebounds. And if anything, it puts Miami in a situation where actually 
they are on the break, kind of a controlled break, where they can pick up their tempo and go the other way. So you're right. Uh, anything can happen. It's a game four. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. Uh, it's going to be fascinating, that's for sure. I'm very curious to see what adjustments the Knicks will make and B, most importantly, what happens if IQ can't go? If quickly is not able to play because of that ankle, the scoring that has been limited by the from the bench this series will be limited even more. Quick baseball update for the locals. Yankees go back to back. It's rare. It's rare. So the Yankees are up uh, 2 nothing. Back-to-back home runs. Harrison Bader just launched one. And the Mets are leading the Rockies 3-1. If it could only last. We'll come back and talk to you next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hit me up on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Back to the phones we go. Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? You're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, bro? Everything's good, partner. What's happening? Hey, listen, I always love, man, when you have that brother, Jamie Harris, on. You know, tickles my fancy to hear you two guys chopping up about the NBA. You really does. Appreciate you, bro. Brother, appreciate that. All right, now, listen, um, with the Knicks fans, uh, you know, you can't get mad at them for the assessment of what they're seeing. You know, all things included, I, I mean, I get it. The coaching... There's a big disparity there. It's not a small one. I mean, like you guys have discussed before, he's a winning coach. The team has, you know, even though they haven't won a championship, like O'Connor said before, they've gone deep in the playoffs multiple times. So, you know, the Knicks, they're learning. Um, I don't know which way this will go. It doesn't really look good right now. But uh, like the last caller said, uh, this is absolutely a must-win game, this next game, you know, or else there's – if they, they don't win this next game, they might not win another one. Um, similarly, uh, you know, with my team, it, it's the same thing. Uh, but it's a little different situation. Uh, you, you know, you got Doc Rivers. I mean, and I love Doc, but, you know, when I hear him talking to the guys on the bench and everything like that, I'm checked out. So I'm sure that those guys are checked out, you know. And it just becomes a certain point when you have a team of, you know, maybe – Everybody included has gotten them as far as they can go. I'll take Joel Embiid out of that because, you know, you don't give up on a player like that. Just like I don't think the Bucks are going to try – they're going to try to do everything they can to keep Giannis there. Absolutely. Now, you know, with, with James Harden, listen, it is what it is. James Harden – there's a few guys who have this issue. James Harden, uh, Anthony Davis to a lesser extent because he's still younger and can give you, you know, multiple good performances, but – you know, he'll play a good game, a great game. Then he'll play a two stinkers. Uh, you know, Julius Randle, obviously, and then James Harden. You could throw him in the mix. Maybe one or two other guys in the league. You know, that you can't really depend on them from night to night. But what happens is it goes back to what you were talking about. You know, it's very easy to blame Tibbs, and rightfully so. He does, like, listen, first of all, if, if you want your players to stop getting technical fouls, and everything like that, and argue with the refs, you got to be the head of that snake. And, you know, rather than trying to coach your way out of the situation, you know, when you're getting your ass, you know, busted by Spolstra, you're arguing with the refs. So it trickled down to Hart, Julius Randle, and all those other guys. But now with, 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 the, with the Sixers, you know, Harden is what he is. 
But who brought him here? You understand what I'm trying to tell you? Mm -hmm. Daryl Morey. Mm -hmm. You brought him here. So you're culpable in that. The same way like how, you know, kids in the Knicks, they don't have the best talent. I'm sorry. When you look around this league, and in the first round of the playoffs, it's cute. It's enjoyable. It's fun. When you get to the second round, it becomes real. And as it goes forward, it becomes even more real. And, you know, the, you cannot have one great player on your team. You have to have two. And one of your great players on your team, you can have a great player who's a center. It's very rare. I mean, I know Giannis is a power forward. You know, Embiid is a center. Jokic is a center. But when you have one great player, no matter where he is on that court, you have to have – this is a positionless league outside of the center position. you got to have the combo guard or the three who has length like a four but can create his own shot. And when you don't build your team like that, this is where, you know, you start to see the the, the men separate themselves from the boys. The reason why the Nuggets are such a threat now – when they weren't a threat for the last two years, it's very simple. Murray is back to being at full strength. Mm-hmm. So now you have the big man with a player who can give you 30 and give you 40 on a good night. Yep. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Doc Rivers, it's time for him to go. But it also, to me, it's time for Darren Murray to go. You were emphatic about bringing James Harden here when you could clearly see his body, his work ethic, they were not where it was when he was in Houston. Why did you bring him here? What did you expect to happen? You have to have length, and you have to have a dynamic player at either the two or the three position, or you're not going to a conference finals, and you're absolutely not going to an NBA finals. And I'm sorry. I don't want to hear about Doc has to go. When I look at Maury, it's, it's a comparison between him and Brian Cashman. Mm. Brian Cashman does not have that floodline to those Latin American. Co- they need a younger guy in there. And the, the Sixers need a younger guy at GM, too. It is what it is. They, they're going to lose. They're probably going to win another game in the series, bro. It's going to be crazy. Thanks for the phone call, Buddha, that you have a, an MVP and you can't win against a, 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 a Boston team that – Let's be fair. That should be better than how they play. They should be a more consistent team than how they play. They, they, they can be had. I'm just saying. They can be had. They are very inconsistent to be, as, to be as talented as they are. They're a very inconsistent team. Great team. Great players. Okay? Great. Tatum and Brown, fabulous duo. Fabulous. But there's too many times where they just seem like they don't know where they are. And in the postseason, a couple of games like that will get you sent home quickly. Bill's in Brooklyn. What's up, Bill? Larry, Larry, my man. How you doing? I'm doing great, Bill. What's happening, partner? I have something short, man. Question for you. All right, go ahead. Why we never used to be playing Fiona? Defense was his issue, right? Mm-hmm. If quickly can go tomorrow, do you think Tibbs should play Fioni? Because obviously we need some scoring. And Miami just daring us to shoot from outside. They're telling us, you're not beating us in the paint. If you can't knock down some jumpers, some jumper, forget it. 
So do you think, that's my question to you, do you think Tibbs should give Fioni a chance in the second unit? Because most time the Knicks play good, Larry, is when the second unit is playing good. The starters sure. want to come back in and make sure they want to come back out. You understand what I'm saying? What do you think about that? Well, I'll say this, Bill. Thanks for the phone call. Fournier has not played in so long. I just don't know. I just don't know what I can expect from him. I don't know what he's been doing in practice. I don't know. I don't know. This is a. This is a, and listen. To be fair, Jamie Harris brought it up also in our in our chat from the Amsterdam News about an hour ago, and he said, you know what? In the situation, the Knicks may have to look at that because they need to have somebody to spread the floor for them. My here's my theory on that. And we always know that Fournier is a liability defensively. We get it. R.J. Barrett's a liability defensively, too. We get that. But am I, has he made enough threes that you have the confidence in a game that you've got to win that you would give him some minutes? Would you, in the moment, if and once again, this is hypothetical with no quickly, would you say, Okay, let's play Fournier early, see what he brings us. It gives Miami something they haven't expected. Let's play him in the first couple of minutes of guys off the bench, see if he can give us anything, and if he can't, sit him down. Possibly. I could see that. I could see it. But the question becomes, will he give me enough offense even off the bench? that his defense will not negate what he's giving me scoring-wise. That's why Tom Thibodeau gets paid the big bucks. We'll get your thoughts next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Got a couple more Nick calls we get to before we turn our attention to a little baseball. <laughs> of course, the Mets are tied now with Colorado 3-3. Of course. Of course. Because Lucchese, who pitched eh, three days ago, is is give the, giving the runs back. Oh, they need their pitching to get better. This this Met team, and I'm not even going to begin to talk about the Yankee pitching, because they are they are in desperate shakes as well. And they're hitting today, but I mean, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. Mitch is in East Windsor. What's up, Mitch? How's it going, Larry? Thanks for taking my call. You got it, Mitch. What's happening? Well, first, I think I think the Knicks have a better backcourt. Just we have to get some from our bigs, especially Mitch Robinson, and I'm still waiting for Randall to explode. Over in the West, I want to see his leg is out. It's like a soap opera. It's like the drama. If they get to the finals, I mean, come on. I want to see some new faces. You know, I was thinking about you know Denver Sixes. Knicks have a chance. I think I, feel, I thought Knicks would be having an easier time with, with all the injuries that that man has suffered. And one more thing, did you see that Barney James has signed with? Uh, uh, as um, he chose USC, can you yes, just see Bronny and Caleb Williams? Caleb Williams, he's going to win the second Heisman. That school is really uh, it's coming on. They've been coming on strong lately. You know, I'm a USC uh, fan. Yeah. So I know what you think. And uh, thanks for taking my call, bro. All right, Mitch. Thanks for checking in. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be fun. I'm very curious to see Bronny play at the collegiate level. Something we didn't have a chance to see his dad do. I'm very curious to see how that's going to go. Uh, hit the Yankee music, please. When a Met fan calls for the Yankee music, something monumental has happened. 
Aaron Hicks got an RBI double. Aaron Hicks, who I read could be DFA'd shortly. <laughs> There's people here that would pick him up from the team, not even drive him to the airport. They pick him up at the stadium <laughs> and get him to a plane. <laughs> what do you think yeah. Gordon would do? Uh, Gordon, Gordon would have a parade. Gordon would have a parade around his house. And he would just, he, he'd be ecstatic. Uh, you'd hear him, he'd be jumping up and down. He'd be yelling. He'd be screaming. He would, he'd, be, he'd, be, he'd be happy. Gleyber Torres, RBI double, 5 nothing Yankees. Yankees rolling right now over Tampa. This, you know what? Yankees taking the series from Tampa with Judge coming back could, could spur the team on a little bit. Because, it's, listen, as bad as they've been, as bad as they've been, they're not this bad. Okay, as bad as they have played offensively, as bad as they have looked, they're not this bad. They're not great, but they're not this bad. And Tor and I was just talking with uh, Joe Leo about this during the break. Glaber Torres and Francisco Lindor are related in the sense of when they are hot, they are as hot as they can be and can carry a team and you just can't get them out. But when they are cold, they're freezing <laughs> freezing Dave's in Jersey City what's up Dave thanks for taking my call Mr. Hansi. Um the Knicks I, I like I like the Knicks because they know the garden is the best but here go the thing the Knicks 24 seconds on the clock Brunson basically holds the ball 12 seconds if he don't get a shot off, he got to pass it to um, Randall. Randall going to hold another seven. What can you basically do? They basically run no plays. Imagine the Knicks had tiny Nate Archibald, a player can score and assist the ball. Brunson should start trying to assist the ball. If not, let quickly handle that ball and then let little tight the jock, which Brunson basically came into New York to be. Let him shoot all he wants, but he don't pass the ball, and that's the number one Nick problem. And Mr. Harsey, you're the greatest. Enjoy your day. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate the kind words. Listen, you're not wrong in certain situations, but once again, here's the other side of that. When Brunson is dribbling the ball, can somebody move? He'll give it up. He he's he's not Luka Doncic. Even though he played alongside Luca, he's not Luca. He'll give it up if you move. Why are you standing around watching him? You're not wrong. What you said, Dave, is true. He does dribble a lot. And Randall dribbles even more sometimes. This year, not as much because, you know, he's had somebody else. Brunson's handled the ball more. But, yeah, you're right. But there are times when Brunson will facilitate the offense and dribble and move it and give you more tempo. And that's what they need. Okay. Those are the situations you have in that half court. We want to try to extend the. We want to hold on to the lead. It's just like, no, push it, push it, push it. Will you stop? You need that offense to move with a quicker pace. But you're not wrong. The Nick offense is handled and features two ISO players. And sometimes R.J. Barrett as well. So that's two and a half ISO players. But just because you're an ISO player does not mean you can't pass the basketball. 
And to be fair, Randall has passed the basketball much better this year than he has in his years as a Nick. He just has. Lou's in Lincoln Park. What's up, Lou? Hey, how's it going? Um, I'm just how, how can I how can I, I'm gonna word this pretty simple. It's not Randall's fault. Well, actually, not nothing's basically Randall's fault. The only time it's actually his fault is when he turn, turns over the ball, which is let's say now rare because. Brunson has it and basically dishes it off to Randall for, what, seven seconds on the, on the shot clock, like the last caller said. So I feel like how the last caller said, it's iso ball. It's, it's kind of hard to it's, – it's, it's, it's not the triangle. It's, it's not anything special. It's just here's the ball, make something happen, and that, that's basically it. So for people bashing Randall, I don't think it's Randall's fault for anything. He does, let's say, the most mistakes. That's why he basically gets the the most blame. It's just he he's he's mainly the reason why we're actually in the playoffs. Besides Brunson coming over, that that one year he he had a phenomenal year. Last year was basically something different, a little let's say step back. Now we're in the second round. I give Randall credit where it's due, but just all I gotta say is stop blaming Randall. Lou, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll have the final word on this, my friend, and thanks for the phone call. Lou, when the Knicks play like they played yesterday, it's everybody's fault. It's everybody's fault. And, yeah, I get the ISO conversation. Yes, I do. But when Jimmy Butler is scoring, is anybody talking about Jimmy playing ISO ball? When Jimmy Butler is putting the ball in the basket and dominating the way he is dominating, when we're talking about playoff Jimmy, who was scoring almost 40 points a game, Anybody talk about ISO, Jimmy? No. The Knicks are not playing well as a team. And once again, as I explained earlier, yeah, there's an issue. Of course you're going to blame Julius Randle. Of course you're going to blame Jalen Brunson. Of course you're going to blame R.J. Barrett. These are the better players. These are the guys who are starting. This is your top three guys. Why do you think Buddha is fed up with James Harden? Because James Harden's one of his top guys on that team. Along with Joel Embiid. What, when Boston doesn't play well, do people talk about Al Horford? No. They talk about Tatum and Brown because they're the better players on that team. When you sit and you look at, boy, why are people killing Anthony Davis for how he plays in, in even games? Because he's one of the better players on that basketball team. The better you are, the more responsibility you have on both sides, offensively and defensively. And even if you're not scoring well, are you rebounding? Are you blocking shots? Are you doing, are you playing tough defense? What are you doing? Are you doing something else other to help that team because you're not scoring well? It happens. People don't score well every game. You get it. And yeah, fans are easy to blame people because listen, you're trying to figure out what's wrong with your team and you're looking, you're saying, man, Julius Randle was what from what from 21? What? Brunson was what? And you look at the bench. Quickly's done what? Yeah, you get it. But I don't look at I don't most fans don't expect quickly to give them what they expect from Julius Randle or Jalen Brunson. They just don't. Doesn't mean he can't. They just don't expect it because they're starters. And as a starter, you're the better player because you normally start your best players. That's why you have this issue. 
So when we're talking about yesterday's game, which has been predominantly the basis of our conversation this afternoon, the whole team played like garbage yesterday. They just did. They couldn't shoot. They didn't defend. They turned the ball over. Not a lot. They didn't rebound. They didn't go for second chances. Uh, Miami pushed them around, dominated them, got all the 50-50 balls. They played better. And they played the Knicks game better than the Knicks did. That's what hurt you yesterday. Now, tomorrow's a different game. And you hope it's a different outcome. This was not This was not game seven, and the series is over. This is now Miami has a 2-1 lead, and you still have more games to play. So what will you learn? Here's what happens with tomorrow's game. You learn something about your team. You learn whether they have it or they don't. Will they man up and come out and play their game and execute what they do better and take the the momentum away from Miami? Or will they back down and lose to Miami the way they lost this game? Or will they lose a close game but played well? You learn a lot about teams, not only when they're winning, but especially when they lose. And for some reason, the teams that lost – the second game, right? The teams that lost the first game, they came back and won the second game. The teams that lost the second game came back and won the third game. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. When we return, we got some thoughts on the Mets and Yankees. And uh, did I hear Aaron Rodgers was throwing the football around Florham Park this week? What? We'll talk about that next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. I'm very concerned about the Mets. Do I know it's early? Absolutely. It's just May. It's not even Memorial Day yet. But here's my concern, okay? My concern is, very simply, it's about the offense. Do Do I know I have... Defensive issues, yeah, from a pitching standpoint, absolutely. i got so many pitchers. I've got guys hurt. I've got older pitchers at the top of the rotation. I don't know which Scherzer I'm going to get from time to time. I don't know. A Verlander, I was happy to see he only gave up a couple of runs before he left. I expect that he can build on that. I have a little bit more confidence in Verlander than I do Scherzer because Scherzer's had issues for me. And in the postseason, uh, he's, he's had some, some things go. I mean, he missed a start with the Dodgers in the postseason. He, he was not great for the Mets last year down the stretch. So I, I have some concerns there. Carrasco has not been good. And I've had a, a slew of doubleheaders that has just worn my bullpen to shreds. And I've got Lucchese out on the mound today. God, God bless him. He's giving me what he's got. But, you know, it's not much. I mean, he's coming off surgery. I mean, I'm going to use him on three, four days, three days rest. He wasn't good last time. But who else is Buck going to go to? So with that in mind, I really need my offense to really cook. And my offense is not cooking right now. I mean, they are struggling. I mean, it's bad. It's really bad the way they performed. And so we're going to get it. Every, and, and here's the thing. I'm not telling you, Mets fans, anything you don't know. Of course, the Mets need another bat. Obviously, they, they needed another bat last year at the trade deadline. They didn't get it. 
They still need another bat. All right? Now, listen. Uh, Beatty looks good at third base. I think he could be a guy that is, uh, you know, a player that's an, a guy that hits for average that, that's going to give you something that's going to put the ball in play. Those guys are invaluable. All right? But I need some guy. I need somebody else with some pop in the bat. I need somebody else. I need somebody else to give me some home run power that I'm only getting right now consistently from Pete Alonso. I mean, think about this. And once again, we understand the situation with the, with the pitching and, and all the problems that you have pitching-wise. I get it. But this, And it's early. I get it. But ladies and gentlemen, this is a Met team that is expected to get to and win the World Series. It's World Series a bust for this team. The amount of money was spent on this team was not to be, okay, really good. <laughs> it was to be a championship ball club. It's ironic, but it's the same type of thing that, you know, normally has been associated with the New York Yankees. This is about winning. This team is expected to win. You don't go out and spend, what, close to $80 million for the top of your rotation and just say, well, we'll be okay. We'll, be, we'll, we'll hang in there. We'll be pretty good. No. That's not why you spend all that money. You spend all that money because you want to win. And at 17 and 17, even though they're second in the NL East behind Atlanta, Still, I mean, they're not getting the job done. Pete Alonso is the only guy on this Met team that's double figures in home runs. The next highest is Lindor with five. I mean, come on. We're not getting it done. Now, is it power or bust? No, I'm, I'm not saying power or bust. I'm saying that you need more thump in this lineup. Vogelbach has not been able to do it for you. You didn't expect Pham to bring you that. You're still searching. So am I confident that by the deadline they will do something? Absolutely. I don't know who it'll be. I don't know what they'll bring to the table, but they know it as well as I do. They need to add some more punch to the lineup. And so that's what they have to do. And I don't know. They might need to make a look. Made to, they need to look at their bullpen is what I'm trying to say. Because this bullpen is going to be worn out. And they may have to take another swipe at getting somebody else to add some depth to the bullpen. But those are, the, those are the situations that I'm concerned with. Now, does it mean that the Mets could have a second half of the season where they just cruise and blow and just blow past everybody, just sit back and relax? Yeah, it could be. could be. We don't know what the future can bring. We don't. But, I mean, can I get some other help on this lineup? This team is not a 500-ball club. This is a ball club that is supposed to be right there. Okay, right there with 
Atlanta. And they're not, they're not far behind them. It's not like Atlanta's got a 10-game lead over the Mets. That's not what I'm saying. But just still, you want, and, and once again, as I keep saying, because I know what people are saying, Larry, it's early. It's early. I get it. It's early. But you want your players, as a fan, you want your players to do better. And really, it would be a lot more, uh, this would be a bigger story, but for the fact that the Knicks and Rangers were in the postseason and the Knicks still are in the postseason. And you're wondering what, you know, you're just wondering what's going on. Okay. I don't look at this team and think that I should be one game ahead of Miami at this point. I should not think that. As far as the Yankees are concerned, real quick, look, their, their issues are well known. Pitching much like the Mets has been devastated. Uh, hitting, unlike the Mets, I mean, it's hit or miss. You don't know what you're getting with that lineup. It's not a, it's not a talented lineup. It isn't. They've got a scratch and claw for all their runs. And with no Aaron Judge in the lineup, I mean, who who, who do I have to pitch to? I pitch anybody. I'm not worried about anybody in that lineup. I'm not. Who am I worried about? And that's the issue that the Yankees are facing right now because their lineup is not good. Glaber is hot. Yeah, okay, great. Can he stay hot? We don't know. I don't know which Glaber I'm going to get. I still don't know which Glaber Torres I'm getting. I mean, Yankees got six runs today. I mean, like, that's crazy. <laughs> they don't score that many runs. Six runs, like, that's, that's a whole lot of runs for the Yankees in the game. Yeah, you're right, Joe. Maybe a week, maybe two weeks, especially with no Aaron, Aaron Judge in the lineup. Might be two weeks. Okay. Uh, Bader's giving you some life. Rizzo, again, you know, LeMahieu. I mean, that's what I'm concerned about, but nobody scares me in that lineup without Judge. So we'll see what happens. But listen, taking two out of three from the Rays, okay, is, is, is nothing to sneeze at. I mean... Cole just gave up his first home run. I mean, last year this time seemed like he'd given up 10. He's been dominant. I mean, you you cannot complain about anything you've gotten from, from Gary Cole this year. He's been he's been the ace. He's been phenomenal. Got concerns about your bullpen. So Yankees got a lot to fix. And Cashman's under the hot under the on the hot seat with this one. And I'm happy for the Jet fans that Aaron Rodgers worked out this week. It's good. It's good. Hang around the rookies, make them understand what's happening. That wraps up this edition of the Larry Hardesty Show. We thank you for joining us on this Sunday. Special thanks to Jamie Harris of the Amsterdam News for stopping by. Also, thanks to Tom Bauer and Joe Leal. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Up next, our coverage of Boston Philly next on 98.7 ESPN.